City Talk 105.9. Now it's all in the game with David Downey and Neil Atkinson. Everything and anything football. It's all in the game on City Talk 105.9. They've got loads of new pens at City Talk. Absolutely loads of them, Dave. I've broken one. I've just played with another one that appears to be broken. Um, the, the, these pens are very, 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 very flimsy and fragile, which is the sort of thing you could also say about Colo Torre. <laughs> well, you were just telling me off here. I actually didn't quite catch your game, so I'm, I'm ready for you to recount the whole horror story for me live on we'll, air. We'll do that in part two. I like to do Everton in part one because everyone gets upset about extra time because they supposedly talk about Liverpool too much. So we'll talk about what Roberto Martinez is. By the way, it's Dave Bennett, not Dave Downey. Dave, uh, Dave Downey can't make it, unfortunately. Um, we'll talk about the biggest three points of uh, Roberto Martinez's Everton career. Is that accurate? It's well, according to him, it is, and I, I, I think it could well prove to be come the end of the season. That that's when we'll find out. Because, I mean, if off the back of the derby, if we lose that game, which it was looking like at stages, because it was a first half of a lot of possession with no penetration, Villa had got the goal. The notoriously a team we struggle to beat at Goodison Park, and if that ends up being the case come 90 minutes and, and Liverpool would have went on and won their game on Sunday and there's a seven point gap instead of what's now a two point gap then it's a totally different outlook on the rest of the season and the forthcoming fixtures so to manage to turn that game into a win which they deservedly did in the end with some great character and attacking football in the second half and a fantastic goal by Kevin Morales it is a massive victory moving forward and how how big it is we'll find out at the end It's the character of it though I mean let's be honest about this Aston Villa could be pound for pound given the you know the points they've got this season given the fact that they're very much a bottom half side still just about they could be the best counter attacking team in the country that's what they do so for them to trek up at Everton after what happened to Everton in the derby and, and say you know we're going to go and win this to then get the first goal of the game you'd have thought Aston Villa are going to kick on Everton are going to be vulnerable but instead second half Everton by far the better side and I think that that's it's, it's a vindication of what Martinez is about I think more than anything else isn't it Dave that's the key thing it's a vindication of sticking with exactly what Martinez wants to do. Yeah, I mean, he's never going to deviate too far from from his original plan, much like Brendan Rodgers wants. And Brendan Rodgers has found a a good balance, I think, in the time since he first came to Liverpool. But it's still a lot of the main ethos of what he came to the club with. And and Martinez is of a similar mould. And he has his plans. And maybe we learned a few harsh lessons in the derby. And we will have to change one or two things when we enter similar games like that but it, uh, an Everton team is going to be very much of a muchness under Martinez of, of what we're, how we're going to attack games against a team like Aston Villa and Aston Villa side who by the way came and approached the game a lot differently to the Aston Villa side that I've seen at Anfield they, mm. they, were, they were quite cavalier fought at Anfield and, and, and caught use unawares on the night I yeah. think it was, a, it was a game everyone had down as a banker the, the, the way Suarez and Sturridge have been playing together and, and maybe Lambert went a bit, a bit more for the throat in that game than what he did at Goodison. He seemed to look to frustrate Everton and, mm. and minimise Ross Barkley's impact on the game and, 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 and was happy to sit in a lot more than I, I have seen them do in, pre, in the two previous games to when they came to Goodison. But it was working and it was working quite well for, for the first half because, as you say, the, the proof was in the pudding. They were a goal up. Um, they, were, they were frustrating us. But 
in the end, they sat back maybe a little bit too much, which played into our hands once we got our tails up. And, and Stephen Pienaar, who came on and was actually fantastic on the day. He's, he's a player that I, I've criticised on the Blue Room on a Thursday quite a lot this season. I feel like it's, it's the beginning of the decline of Pienaar with his age. Do you think it's just his legs going or do you think there's something else? I think it 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 is his age and and it, it, I don't think his desires dwindled. I, I do think that's still there, but it was great to see him back to, to touching towards the form we know he can be. And and him and Baines linked up fantastically in the second half. It's something we haven't seen too much under Martinez. It was a it was a very David Moyes trait the way Baines and Pienaar used to be our focal point and it used to go to them. It, we we seem to share the burden around the team a lot more under Martinez, but. They they were the key element in getting us back in the game. We were very threatening down that left hand side as soon as Stephen came on. So going from there, then kicking on into the second half, Morales led the line, uh, which is something that I think you've been calling for in the blue room for a while, hasn't it? To see him up there to maybe rotate Lukaku out, have a little look at him as the seasons wore on. But he got the opportunity to do so, and he took it. Yeah, he did, and I, I, it's obviously he's he's became. A centre forward out of necessity more than choice in in the last few weeks because of injuries and and Ross Barkley being out the team it, 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 he was maybe going to get moved towards a more central thing and now with Lukaku injured then it, it was obvious going to go that way Stevenage was a a great game for him and Stephen Naismith all albeit against a lower league opposition mm. in in an FA Cup game we're expected to win they both had good games on on that day Naismith again came on and had a good impact through the middle. Naismith is not a winger. He's he's been stuck out there a lot. He showed he can do something through the middle when given when when the opportunities presented itself. And Morales in particular on Saturday really did grab the ball by the horns. Um, he, he's he's played there a couple of times this season. He he went back out wide after the Stevenage game at Anfield. I think that was to maybe try and play on Sissoko on the night. Mm. It didn't didn't work out for us. But um, to, he, he he can play through the middle. It wasn't his best game by by any stretch. It wasn't his best game. But he he came up with the goods when when needed. Uh, the other thing that's noticeable as well in that game is the extent to which Everton won the battles in the middle of the park. We talk about Barry a lot, but the one thing I actually thought was impressive uh, for Everton in the derby, and it looks as though the performance was was uh, was followed up there. You know, the work rate of McCarthy. Um, I thought I, I thought he was he was unbowed in the Merseyside derby in the way in which a lot of players might just have thought. You know, do I need to, do I need to do another half an hour of this? And he very much did. He was still he was still looking to run and run and run and run. And there against you know comes out and puts a performance in against Villa. Yeah, he did, and he didn't just play central midfield. He he, he played a large portion of the second half in the right back position. Um, oh, did he get moved? Yeah, there was, there was a, a great in-game management by Martinez on on the day. It was a brave move to take Barkley off at half time. That wasn't an injury. That was that was tactical. He, he, he think he admits that he's rushed Ross back a bit too soon. Um, he wasn't having an impact on the game. But McCarthy eventually moved to right back when they brought. Smith on, they sacrificed John Stones, took away a, a defensive midfielder, they moved McCarthy to the right-back area, which is a bit of an unfamiliar position for him. But I believe so Stones started the game at right-back, but they took him off? They took him off, were, yeah. were, were Villa doing what Liverpool did, which was let Stones have the ball? So have this as, because of, as he's a centre half who's filling in for right back at the moment, you know he looks he's got a lovely touch for a for a for a yeah. nineteen twenty year old centre back. But I thought Liverpool were quite consciously letting John Stones have the ball at Anfield. Were Villa doing the same thing, thinking let's he he's not going to hurt you any 
anywhere near as much so therefore McCarthy drops in he's a better player it's more dangerous he didn't see as much as the ball as he did in the derby it was it was more the the, the likes of McGeady and Morales were, were, were getting on the ball quite a lot in the first half but Villa were, were penned in that deep mm. they, they were struggling to, to break them down McGeady did at the post but yeah um, Stones ultimately were, was sacrificed we, we, we came back into into it second half we we were the better side once again second half we were struggling to get that goal so to, to get Naismith on the pitch they basically took off Stones moved McCarthy to right back and he did he did a very good job there he, he has played there for Wigan um, and he was he was very energetic down that side but with Na- Naismith coming in and, and getting Getting in on on a, on a fantastic ball by Pinar, and again showing that given given an opportunity, he he can stick it away. He scored some big goals for Everton. He scored a goal in a Merseyside derby yeah. a couple of times against Chelsea. One of them a winning goal. You give him a chance, he, he, he more often than not does stick it away. So did you feel as though in the second half, Everton, you know, they were able to push on and push on and push on and push push Villa back and and very much get you know get them penned in and put the pressure on them? Did it did it feel like a goal where the, where it been the pressure that it told? Yeah, ultimately yes, but there was more penetration due to through the changes by Martinez. Um, Villa were starting to look a bit comfortable at times when they were sitting in before the changes, but once the changes came on, it did it did become a bit of a matter of time before the goal came, and ultimately it was a case of maybe the straw that broke the camel's back when we finally did get in because they were tiring, and and that that's the good thing with Everton more so under Martinez, you you do feel that we can we can build the pressure to 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 get a goal in a game like that because we'll keep trying. We'll we'll work the angles. Whereas, like under Moyes, as an example, it would have been maybe a case of let's get Fellaini up top and let let's let's get the ball into Fellaini and see see what we can get off him. Yeah, just pick up the bits. Yeah, and that's what Everton don't need to do now. There are you know there's so many options, so many different ways to play. How did uh, Distan do in his first game back? Um, he he was he was good. He, 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 you do you you. Sometimes don't realise how good he is when he's until he's not there. Yeah. With, with his, re, re, we play a high line and and he's quick in in behind and he he recovers well. So to have him there, you 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 can be a bit more gun ho and go go for the throat a little bit more. Um. So yeah, it, it was good to have him back. It, it although some people would cr- criticise him for the first goal because the ball was lost by Ross Barkley and distance paused waiting for a foul which didn't come. Mm. And Villa have played on and scored the goal. So all that taken into account, then going to Spurs next week, now gone back above them in the table with their results against Hull. It's it's a massive opportunity now, isn't it, for Everton? It's it's you know to kick on at this point at this stage in the season. It does seem like it's there. You've got over a mark, what could have been a speed bump in the Liverpool results, but it, but ultimately you know you've took three points from the week. Liverpool have took four. You know Spurs have took um, Spurs took four or two. I think the one might only have taken two from the week. It's it's time now, isn't it, for Everton to, to if they're gonna not losing at Spurs would be would be significant, wouldn't it, Dave? Oh yeah, and a win would be such a. I think Martinez's new mantle of biggest win of the season might might then come to to that one because if we if we win win against Spurs, a, a genuine six pointer, and Liverpool have a tough game against Arsenal, they drop points again. Then Everton are in a lot better position mentally and league table wise than what they were on Tuesday night. If they beat Spurs, they go four points clear of Spurs. And regardless of what United do against Fulham, United even if they beat Fulham, they can't go above Spurs. Mm. So it gives it gives Everton a cushion going back to sixth place, regardless of what happens in the Liverpool game. You know, me and Dave Downey have been talking all season that it would suit Liverpool and Everton, I think, for there to be 
a gap between fifth and sixth to, to turn this battle for fourth, if indeed it is just a, simply a battle for fourth, into something more than that. You know what? The other side that Everton have taken three points off this this week is Liverpool, as you say, but also conceivably one of Chelsea and and, and City. You know, it'd be no bad thing for Everton if if Manchester City won tonight. If that can if they can drop someone else into that that sort of battle, so that there's maybe second, third, and fourth, it would suit Everton more, I think, than it would suit Liverpool for City to become runaway league leaders. For instance, I think that would suit Everton to to turn this into a pitch battle where there's three places up for grabs, not just one. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's it's better to look forward forward than 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 have someone ch- chasing saying, yeah. you. You know what I mean? It, I mean, we're we're looking at your coattails at, at the moment, and and that's 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 our main objective. We maybe can't really worry about Spurs and United until we play them, and that that's that as long as we keep winning, that's going to be the case. Yeah. So I mean, me- mentally for Tottenham, last week was was a very bad week because they had the crushing defeat against Man City. Yeah. And and then they've gone and dropped points to Hull, and they they were growing. Under Tim Sherwood into a, into a position of some people were maybe going to start classing them as favourites. Say for instance, the Merseyside derby was a draw and they won. Yeah, people were starting to talk about how good t- Tottenham's benches, albeit a lack of striker, and they could have went out and spent on the last day. And you know, again, again, that the last week could have played out a lot differently for Tottenham, and they'd be in a, a lot different place to to as 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 we've just discussed how Everton had have, have maybe saved the week and Liverpool have had an average week as well. How did the goalkeeper get on, by the way? I, th- I felt the goalkeeper was uh, was slightly a fault for two of the goals in the derby. I thought he was he was quite um I thought both the storages, certainly the second one, he there's no need to charge out. Did he did he have much to do or were Villa just blunted by Everton? Well he was clean megged for, for Villa's goal. <laughs> so I have got I have got a mate who, who who is like Tim Howard's biggest critic who got the game with speak about him a lot because um, I think he's he's harsh harsh on him he, he basically says that Howard isn't good enough for Everton and, and, and isn't going to be but for me I feel that to replace him and get a better keeper than Tim Howard it'd cost a lot of money and yeah. I think there's there's bigger fish to fry in terms of what we need to do with our squad and money at the moment so he, he, he he's a solid keeper He, do, he sometimes he's criticised for not coming off his line enough and to, as, yeah, yeah. as, as 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 the situation I did in the derby, he came off it on a time where maybe he shouldn't have. But yeah, no, they all show great character from front to back. After a crushing derby, they could they, it could have been a, a severe bad hangover and and heads gone everywhere. But it, it wasn't. It that wasn't the case. And um, Coleman on the bench. Coleman was on the bench, which which is positive, positive for moving forward because he's been such a good player for Everton. This he's year. got a week now, hasn't he? There's no games this midweek. He's got another week to recover. Maybe get on next next weekend either off the bench or maybe do 60 and then come off you know it, it's yeah. it's good to have that sort of to have that extra week I think in order to get him back and, and do it off the back of a victory yeah ide- ideally we, we need to go and take the game to Tottenham go for the jugular and and having Seamus on the pitch is going to help that no, no disrespect to John Stones who isn't our first choice right back he's a young lad learning his trade he's a centre back He's a centre back, but he played right back a lot for Barnsley, and mm. I'm, I'm sure Martinez won't hesitate to use him and have him as a right back understudy moving forward. But um, to have Seamus back in the in the starting eleven next week, which I think he will be, uh, I, I think him being on the bench and not being used it doesn't necessarily mean he, he wasn't fit to be used. I think maybe Roberto is trying to make sure he's 100 percent for next week. So then, 
putting next week to one side all of a sudden I had this conversation this came out you know it's interesting the fourth fifth place conflict because this is we were talking to a couple of people and it feels like for instance we had the chat about uh, with a Newcastle United supporter who feels genuinely as though Newcastle have declared that they've just declared that that's, that's them done so goodbye not, not replaced them and off the, off the basis of the fact that they're not going to go down and they don't want to finish in the Europa League places they yeah. actively don't want to so from an Everton point of view you know, would you want to finish in the Europa League places or do you think it's a bit of a poison chalice no, I would. I would, and I'm sure any Evertonian that goes and actually follows the team wouldn't argue against that. More from maybe a selfish point of view, because it's it's great to be in Europe and, yeah. and have them trips back and 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 to, and to test yourself on another level. Greg O'Keefe said no. Greg O'Keefe said it with the with the shit. Because I, I said Martin is I'd like it. I said Martin, you know, this is the sort of thing that I think Martin would relish the challenge of it. It give him an opportunity to play other players. It yeah. give him an opportunity to play some young players. He, and and let's be fair to this manager, he's missed out on that at Wigan. He's missed out on European football at Wigan by moving to Everton. So I think Martinez would would relish the idea of. And I said this to Greg, and Greg said, but while the tournament's in its current format, he thinks it's too tough. The Newcastle uh, person we had on said that one of the things that Pardew was saying with it was it didn't give him enough time to work with the players. You were consistently having to travel or something like that, and and it frustrated him. But as I say, it's I think it's something that fans want. I think supporters want. You know, you want as many games as possible in a sense. Yeah, well, if Greg doesn't want to go on them trips uh, um, <laughs> uh, on the Echoes credit card, then um, he's a good mate of mine, and I'm sure I'll, I'll ask him whether he doesn't mind if I if I step in, pass him, him over. Um, but but yeah, no, I'm sure that that's his uh, professional journalistic head head on him there. I'm sure as as a fan, he'd yeah. he'd, he'd want to go there. But um, I, you can understand them points, and I'm sure you can uh, legislate for that from last season as well. Well, yeah, I mean, we, 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 it was odd for us last season, but I think that ultimately, you know, in a season that was didn't have as many high points as you wanted last season, one of the things it did have was, for instance, Jordan Henderson conceivably might not be a Liverpool player now if it wasn't for the Europa League. Um, you know, he seemed very much down the manager's list um, of midfield options, and now this, and but he was getting the Europa League games, and now this season he's never present. Mm. Um, Andre Wisdom broke through, and yes, he's gone out on but he's playing every week for Derby at that level but he broke through and got attention off the basis of the performances he was putting in, in the in the Europa League so I think that you know I think it's it's I think it's a real opportunity for players I think if you know if we ended up uh, finishing fifth this season which I'll be honest and say now if we did it would be a disappointment for Liverpool supporters but if we did then you know it's a competition which you bring the lads back who are out on loan Barini, Asaidi, Suso, uh, Wisdom and you have the attitude of you know you've, you've act, that's that's for that's for a starting eleven you know that you've got there and I think it's you'd you'd want to see you know you want to see the football clubs take it seriously and and taking it seriously doesn't mean necessarily playing you know playing um, Gareth Barry if he's still at Everton in every game James McCarthy in every game that's not taking it seriously you can take it seriously with a different set of players and I and I think that's where you know it's one thing to say and as long as everyone's opening up front and saying Suarez Sturridge they're not going to be starting these games we're going to be honest about that but these lads are and Everton do the same as long as you're honest with that with the crowd before they put the money through the gate you know you can still say but we're taking it deadly seriously and I think that's where. You know, I think that's one of my issues with clubs like Newcastle. And the difference between Everton and Newcastle is these sides sometimes look to blink at themselves and they look to blink at themselves towards only one thing whereas I think the good thing about Everton and the good thing about Liverpool is you know they don't, they don't enter a competition without without wanting to win it No but I'd, I'd never write any competition off I mean, I'm sure everyone's fully aware that Everton haven't won a trophy for so long now since 1995 and it, it's it's another competition that we'd be in and, and ultimately 
isn't the, the the prize at the end of it a Champions League place? No, hasn't that been? Yeah, but, him, so. but also you get to win a big shiny thing, and that's the big deal, isn't it? You of know what I mean? A European trophy will be will be magic for anyone. For you know, for you looking at this season, I very much doubt any English side apart from maybe City are going to lift a European trophy. To lift a European trophy would just be brilliant. Of course, and obviously Sw- Swansea are in it. They're, they're, Sw- some would say Swansea's league form suffered this season for being in it, but they're in it, and and they've had some great nights. They've went and won at Valencia, and they're st- and they're still in it now. Yeah. I, th- I think they're playing Napoli, Napoli. Um, which is, which is a g- another glamour tie for them. And it, I mean, it might get to the point where if if they if they can negotiate this round, and then it gets they end up in that middle league with Newcastle, where yeah. they're, they're neither going down nor going up, then you can maybe focus on the, on the Europa League, and and then that put put all your eggs on that. But the more plates you can keep spinning in your season, the better it, it you uh, you've got of winning a trophy and having a, a season that's going to be remembered from f- for years to come. Excellent stuff. This is all in the game. Neil Atkinson and Dave, Dave Bennett. Don't go anywhere after the break. We're going to talk about not just Liverpool's failure to pass from one centre-back to another, but Liverpool's failure to turn the screw on the poorer sides in this division. Everything and anything football, it's all in the game on City Talk 105.9. It is all in the game. City Talk 105.9. Neil Atkinson and Dave Bennett uh, taking you through until 7 o'clock here on City Talk 105.9. Um, yeah, Dave, so, you know, there was, there was, the, there was the derby this week um, and then we kicked on from there and we had the weekend's games and you were right to point this out before that, you know, as much as it stings getting beaten 4-0 by your local rivals, the, the, the key statistic for Everton this weekend, the only thing that matters is that points table and in there, Everton have taken three in this week, these two games and Liverpool have taken four and that's, uh, you know, that's ultimately problematic I think from a Liverpool perspective not from an Everton one well yeah because you, you were set up to, to really kick on after after that derby win and the, the, the game at West Brom has, has ultimately been a, a step backwards for you because it, especially when you, you, you must have been sitting there Saturday afternoon watching them results come in United, United getting beat you wouldn't have expected that Tottenham dropping a point against Hull Everton getting beat at one stage you must have just been thinking this, this is getting all a bit too easy well I mean I, when, when all those the results were coming in I was I actually thought at least two of these will turn it around and I think that that's what's in, interesting about that is that it's indicative of the current situation at Everton versus the current situations at Spurs and City and Man United sorry that it's Everton who did t- who were able to turn it around and the other two sides who weren't it's not as simple as you know one of those sides was at home and the other two were away it's as simple as there's one side there who's got the gumption and shown it throughout the season for instance I think I think Spurs is placing the tables just uh, just ridiculous I think Spurs is placing the tables indicative of exactly how weak it is when you go from Southampton and downwards uh, more accurately below Southampton Villa and downwards in that Spurs I haven't seen Spurs play well no one's seen Spurs play well the one thing you can say is Everton have looked like if not the fifth best team in the country, if you if you were going to debate are, are Everton the fifth best team in the country, you'd be going up. Yeah, Spurs. If you're debating if they're the sixth best team in the country, you'd be going down. And I think that you know, I think that that's you know that's indicative of a lot. And the United result came as a surprise, given the fact that you know it was meant to be a feel good factor rattling around the place. So yeah, you know, Liverpool should have seen that as a as an opportunity to to kick on and, and put pressure on those above them. If Liverpool had won, you know, they'd be uh, they'd be one point behind Chelsea. Uh, with Chelsea got to play Manchester City tonight at Manchester City's ground, you know. It's, it was a real opportunity to to turn this into a battle for third, second, and even first. And I think that it's it, it stings this one. I think for Liverpool because it was a game that you know it's very much two dropped, and and the game situation as well being one nil up, it's two dropped. I don't know how you see it, but, but I I know it it, it it's. The be- it's best to aim for the stars and, and fall low, but for me, I do still think it's it's a three-way title race, and I think it's a it's a four-way fourth-place race 
of which Liverpool are favourites. But I, I don't, I, I really don't see either of us climbing above the the the, um, the three at, above above us. I think that there's every chance of. I think you've got this. Arsenal have got this absolutely terrible run coming up, which is much publicised, wherein it's going to have an enormous toll on the legs on top of everything else. Yes, you've got to win those games at some point, but you know it is. You know it's the sort of run which is Liverpool, Bayern, Liverpool, Manchester United, Bayern, uh, Manchester City. You know every single and if they get through against Bayern, then there's another Champions League game that drops in. So I think that that's going to take a, a, have an impact on it. City and Chelsea have both got big European Cup games as well. I think, you know, I think if we're all being very calm and rational, then Manchester City are clearly title favourites, I think, at this stage of proceedings, you know. But I think it would suit Liverpool to be to be only looking upwards. And I actually think one of the reasons why Liverpool's eye went a little bit off the ball on Sunday, collectively, was actually what was going on behind them. I think it suits Liverpool to be, uh, to be locked in for fourth and being outsiders in a four-horse race for a title much more than it does suit, suits them being favourites in a race for fourth place. And I think that the other thing in this as well is, you know, Liverpool are only three points behind Chelsea. People are still talking about United potentially catching Liverpool, uh, you know, as though as though United can hunt down Liverpool in seventh place with a far superior goal difference. Well, Liverpool have got a better goal difference than Chelsea. They're three points behind them, and Chelsea have still got to come to Anfield. You know, it's... And they've not put any at any point during the season the sort of run of results together that makes you think, and we'll all be changing our minds if they beat City tonight, but they've not put any run of results together that makes you think, well, they're over the hill and far away. No, but I, I do think... I think I agree totally. City are title favourites, and and Chelsea are second favourites. Um, Arsenal, if any of them were going to drop out, they'll finish third in my opinion. But I think they'll have enough to enough gumption to, to maintain third because they, they seem to be made of sterner stuff. Arsenal this season, they they have a they have a strong backbone at, at, in the defence, and they seem to have sorted that out. And they don't concede many goals at home. I think that De- Delafeo's like the only one in the last six or seven or something like yeah. that. Um, so I do think that. They'll have enough about them to, to stay in there. And Liverpool, don't get me wrong, fantastic going forward as as we found out to our detriment in in the derby. But I do think you have missed the trick on in this window, not strengthening your defence. And you, well, would, would you have bought a centre half? Because Liverpool have got too many centre backs. That's the, the, the thing that's repeatedly said: is Liverpool have got too many centre backs. Lone one then. Like to, to, to do what do what Everton did because you've got you've got long ter- you've got long term injuries you've got you you've, you're not you're not blessed in the fullback positions either. Glenn Johnson's been off the boil. Sissoko's playing a lot of games. You're ask, maybe going to ask Flanagan and Kelly's to come in and and do the, do these jobs. And may, uh, Flanagan has been good. Don't get me wrong. Kelly's been out for a long time, but is is a good player. But I just think you could have done with more options defensively than what you needed to go and put all your eggs in your basket on this winger. You, you didn't. When you when you're actually phenomenal flying forward, I think it's I think the manager was looking for another option, and I think this is part of Liverpool's results yesterday, which was that the game petered out uh, after 17 minutes onwards. Liverpool weren't able to build pressure on West Brom, so I think that the, what the managers and even though the lad wouldn't have been eligible, put that to one side for a second. You know, I think that the thought process is we need to have someone on the bench. Where then we go? He comes on, he starts. Mm-hmm. He starts, he's going to come on on 60 and give us the impetus to, to go up another level. And I think that they're all season. And in the previous window, that's what the manager was looking for. I do think Liverpool need to get their other players back fit in that defence. You know, you've got uh, Sarko is a big miss, a big loss at the minute, I think, for Liverpool. Sarko uh, is out, Enrique's out, and Johnson's out. So, you know, losing those three all at once, I think, is hurting Liverpool at the back. But then the, then there's a question about, you know, long term, you've just paid 70 million for Sarko. So, if you bring another centre-half in, who plays? You know, you're going to have to... 
you've got you settled. You want to settle this back four down as quickly as possible. And I think that's that's the other issue that the side's got is that there's been a real turnover of players in that defence. Do you want to bring another one in now at this late stage? I mean, I th- you can I think you can make an argument that Liverpool could have bought practically any player and improved the squad. And I think that that's indicative of the shortcomings of the squad. You can argue that a new defensive midfielder would have been helpful. You can argue yeah. that a new fullback would have been helpful, that a new centre-half would have been helpful. I can argue and would argue so blue in the face that I wouldn't mind another goalkeeper. You know, because I, I, I don't, you know, I don't rate Jones. He's almost, he's trying his best. He's fully committed, but I'd rather have another goalkeeper. And then going ahead of that, you can argue that Liverpool need another centre-mid who plays in front of the deep-line centre-mid. You can argue for another wide player. And you can say, well, what happens if one of Sturridge and Suarez gets a knock? You know, it's uh, that's genuinely where this the, the fact that the squad is, where the squad is. I think in the in the case of Suarez and Sturridge, as long as it wasn't a long term, you seem to do cope with if one of them's missing. Yeah. You know I mean, Daniel Sturridge at the start of the season just couldn't stop scoring while Suarez wasn't there, and and he'd just take on the more focal point of going <laughs> through the middle, and you could have Sterling and, and Coutinho well, either side maybe. This is what strikes me as interesting about this Liverpool side at the moment um, is that there's. Certain games where you know you can make a decision a little bit more. I think I'm, the manager wanted more options off the bench. Um, you know he wanted to feel as though he can he can chop and change and bring people in and out. I think he's got that now a little bit more than he's given himself credit for. One, he doesn't use the players that he's got on the bench anyway. Liverpool again didn't use all the subs against West Brom. They still had Aspas and Alberto sitting there, two lads to pay good money for, and the summer just gone. So there is an argument there to say you know you've got your settled side, but is the you know with 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 the time that was left on the clock was there room for a bit of an X factor someone to do with something a little bit differently and look to push on from there so that's that's the first thing that sort of strikes you for instance you could have pushed Sterling back to right back in the same sort of manner it was interesting what you said about Martinez drops McCarthy into right back you know that, that was an option for Liverpool uh, but one of the issues around that would have been that Anicci B was anyway just playing on the right back as you've seen him do for years for Everton so I don't think they wanted to necessarily you know put someone who's 5 foot 4 5 foot 5 opposite them but you know it's, it's at least there as an option and that was where I think it was frustrating for Liverpool and Liverpool supporters. It, the error is the error is the error. Players make them. You've had this season, you know, you've had the, the penalty given away against Sunderland. Players make make mistakes in football matches they go into. But Liverpool's response to it wasn't very impressive. No, I mean, I, mean, I, I think I do agree with you earlier on about the, the, the ball, a ball winning defensive midfielder maybe would help. Would help. Like it, maybe uh, the the guy from Porto, we have a lot of people being linked with. I've scouted him heavily on YouTube, by the way. Oh, have you? Yeah, yeah. The he, octopus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, 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 someone, someone like with that energy in midfield might help you in the latter part of games because you, from from what I've seen, obvious is there's there's times when the midfield Goodison Park, a prime example, we were just slicing through that midfield. The more the game went on, as well, it did the, the legs went, and Lucas was. Fouling all over the place. He's actually in, injured, and yeah. it, it's so he he tries to break the game down in that way. Ger- Gerard maybe hasn't got the the box to box legs anymore. So if you could add that and that energy, it might help supplement the 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 play the attacking players later on in the games. And then what you've also got is you've got options off the bench. You then not start on one of Gerard, Henderson, Coutinho. One of them moves onto the bench. Mm-hmm. Alan, for instance, came on for Coutinho arguably 10, 15 minutes too late in the game at the weekend. Uh, you know, Alan's played well recently. He's impressed when he's got on, and it. it, it, it it wasn't happening for Coutinho, so you were thinking we can go a bit more solid here at 1-0. If we're going to just play this out, this 1-0, you know, drop Allen in. The, the, the mistake might still have been made, and, and I think that that's, you know, it, it, it masks the entire issue. But this isn't the first time this season Liverpool have got themselves into a position um, where there's 
10, 15, 20 minutes to go on a football match that they haven't been winning and, and, and failed to win it. You know, I've got a list, which, you know, Swansea away at 2-2. There was, it was 2-2 for half an hour. Uh, Liverpool didn't create many chances. Southampton at home got beat 1-0, created nothing in the last half an hour of the football match. Newcastle away 2-2. It was 2-2 for 40 minutes against 10 men. And again, I, I, there was there was a, fl- a late flurry after Alberto came on away at Newcastle where Liverpool created a few, uh, two or three chances. But before that point, there really hadn't been anything. Uh, Aston Villa, we talked about earlier on, the 2-2 home game wherein Villa turned up and, and, and they blitzed Liverpool off. Liverpool got it back to 2 all, And when you're thinking, yeah, we're going to kick on here, nothing happens. Is it, do you think, um, obviously you mentioned Coutinho just early on, do you think it, maybe the fact he struggled this season is maybe a big reason why you've struggled to break down some of these? I, mean, I know it's quite easy to say, but if you look back to the latter part of last season when you were going to like Newcastle and places like that and, and rolling them comfortably, Coutinho was having a major influence on them games. I think that Coutinho is really interesting in that I think when he plays either off the left or further forward, he wants to play with a conventional centre forward. I don't I've I've argued for a while that I don't think Coutinho plays that well with Suarez, uh, because I think what Coutinho wants is if your if your your skill is putting the ball with perfect pace for lads running in behind, then playing with someone like Daniel Sturridge is better for you than playing with someone like Suarez. Also, what the what what also happens if Suarez doesn't play is you're the creative fulcrum. Everything comes through you, so you're getting the ball all game. Every time everyone looks up, whether it's the full-back, whether it's Steven Gerrard, where's Coutinho going at him? Yeah. When Suarez plays, that gets diverted. It's not just one. So I think that he finds it a little easier. So those games where we won 6-0 at Newcastle, it was while Suarez was banned. Mm. And that's be- and you know all the through balls that you can remember from Coutinho that day were for Henderson or for, or for Sturridge. And that he was just coming in off the left. Henderson was running beyond. Sturridge was constantly pulling out, and there it is. Whereas Suarez had been stood 10 yards away from him going, give it me, give it me, give it me. I'll run past three and put it in and he might be right he might just do that yeah. but you know there's there's a time I think where that suits a little bit more but I thought what's and this what, what I thought was interesting in the derby was Coutinho didn't play he plays centrally but he didn't play as a number 10 he played 15-20 yards deep but he's played as part of a mid 3 3 and why he was able to hurt Everton was he was picking up quite deep beating one man you know, he's got a lovely touch. He'll take the ball off you even if he's marked. Beating one man, creating a little bit of space and either driving into it or looking for a pass. Playing more as, you know, rather than a number, the sort of classical number 10 of someone like, you know, um, of a Bergkamp uh, or someone like that. He's playing more like someone like Iniesta. Not as good as either player, obviously, but that's where he is. So I think that suits him a little bit more. But I think that in these games, and what's... Liverpool haven't done is the sort of thing you described what Everton did against Villa at the weekend, which is build a second half build pressure and just keep going and keep going and every single sub puts the pressure on more even if it isn't necessarily a super attacking substitution every single change makes the opposition more concerned and they're just pending and they can't get out and yeah Liverpool are away from home against West Brom and yeah West Brom are you know they were they were well set up by Pepe Mel but every time Liverpool get the ball they try and score and there's a time for just thinking, let's just get them back in their half, certainly away from home, and let's just make the last 15 minutes one where they can't get out and they're stretched and they're panicked and finally they'll make a mistake and we'll profit. What do you think the formula is then moving forward to, to, to ratify that? Is, is that is this because teams are just that scared of Suarez and Sturridge they let you come and pummel them initially and then you run out of legs? Or I think that's a little bit of it. That's not a bad shout. And that, well, all, all that basically, you know, sides have, have got an attitude with Liverpool which is we're going to have to work so hard hard to hang on in there anyway we'll sit deep and we'll go from there but I think that the I think like so much of the manager's good work like so much of the Everton manager's good work it'll eventually get solved on the training ground you know thinking let's not go 
direct. Let's have five minutes where we don't go direct. Let's have five minutes where we, you know, we look to, to to pen them in, where we look to just slow it down a little bit. Be counterintuitive. Don't think because I think you know it's a young team, this Liverpool side, and I think that there is an element of, oh my God, it's eighty-five minutes and we need to score. If it's 85 minutes and there's going to be four minutes injury time, you've got nine minutes. And the cliche is it only takes a second to score a goal, which means you've got 540 seconds. That's ages. Yeah. And I think that that's what they need to do and just take a leaf slightly out of you know the Martinez book and, and just move it left to right for a while and probe and don't get don't get stressed out and don't think we've got to do it now. But I think one of the issues with that is the personnel. I think that suits Daniel Sturridge. It doesn't suit Suarez or Gerrard. What about this controversial method of maybe attacking certain games where you don't start both Suarez and Sturridge? Yeah, I think that there's, a, there's an argument for that. And I think at the minute, I, th- I think Liverpool are getting much more out of Suarez, especially at home. And I think Sturridge, and I think it would be a massive call for the manager. It really would be a massive call. But I think he can look at certain games and think, I'll pick one of Suarez and Sturridge. He can look at certain games and, pick, and think, I'll pick two of Gerrard, Henderson and Coutinho. Yeah. And the others then come, come off the bench. And that, again, you're turning the screw, you're ratcheting it up. I think that there's this issue with Liverpool, which is that they've, they've set fire to games, they've blown people away this season. They've, you know, they've absolutely battered teams, they've battered Tottenham Hotspur. You know, they've absolutely gone through sides. So therefore, there's an argument that the manager thinks, my best chance is just get all my best players on the pitch. But between now and the end of the season, Liverpool have got a lot of tough aways. They've got a lot of tough homes and, and aways against sides that are in that bottom ten who are fighting for their very lives, which means they're going to approach the game a little bit differently. So it's likely to be a tighter game. So if it's a tighter game, maybe be able to play one or two cards later. Yeah. And I think at the weekend it would be nice to see, before we go to the break, it would have been nice to see ten minutes of Alberto. <coughs> Alberto came on in the derby and you might have noticed he's practically the slowest attacking midfielder that's ever existed. <laughs> but he's gloriously slow. Because he's slow, he slows the game. And if you've got someone who can read the game really, really well, and he plays a lovely weighted through ball, and he, you know, he's clearly a good decision maker because he wouldn't be where he was. He's got no physical gifts to speak of whatsoever. He's that slow. He's not particularly strong, and he's twenty years old. So I think if you've got someone like that, there's actually an argument to say when you've got this ten minutes to go, you've been working on it on the training ground. This is where you introduce him, and he'll look to get on the end of things arriving late because he can't arrive early. He's not quick enough. <laughs> And you say to him, you know, feel free to try and dictate things a bit, slow it down, rebuild, start again, go back. And I think that that could be a solution. And I think that you either think, I need to have a sub in the last 10 minutes, which means I need to not pick one of me big hitters. Or you find a way to use someone like Alberto as a big hitter. That's the answer for Liverpool. City Talk 105.9, all in the game, Neil Atkinson and Dave Downey. Don't go anywhere, we'll be talking about next... Dave Bennett, sorry Dave. <laughs> we'll be talking about the games to come. It's all in the game on City Talk 105.9. It is all in the game. City Talk 105.9. Neil Atkinson and Dave Bennett through until, oh, I'd say about we've got about another seven minutes. I was clock watching on Friday night, Dave. Like nobody's business. Loads of clock watching on Friday night. Is that your transfer special? The transfer special, indeed. It's um, talk about next weekend then. You've got, you've, you'll see, you'll be in the position Liverpool were in this week, really. You've got a Liverpool versus Arsenal. You'd expect points to be dropped there. Um, well, they've got to be. Someone's got to drop points. Chelsea hosts Newcastle. Um, you've also got Tottenham. You're facing Tottenham and Manchester United at home to Fulham. It's probably too greedy to expect Fulham to do anything against Manchester United, isn't it? But the very fact that it now feels vaguely possible is indicative of where United's season has ended up. I don't think it sounds vaguely possible for me because Fulham are just that bad at the moment. They are very, very bad at football. Um, Rennie Mullenstein, obviously playing against his old team. <laughs> is he going to be in any rush to, um, to, to, to make it easy? 
even worse. We, we, we'll find out, but I, I really can't see it. I, I do think the Stoke game was a blip in what will be a, a revival for United in the latter part of the season. Now, I'm not one of them that's saying it's inevitable they're going to just stroll up the table and, and get the fourth place that they feel is owed to them, but I do think that they'll improve. I think you can't not improve adding one Mata, Wayne Rooney and Robin Van Persie back into your team. Once they start getting up to speed and clicking and firing on all cylinders, they're going to be a match for, for most teams in the division and I do think they'll, they'll finish strong. It's the nature of the games that you've got left though, you know, they've still got to play everybody above them. Um, I think I'm right in saying, I'll just double check that in my head for a second, but I do think I'm right in saying that they've still got to play everybody above them, still got to go to Everton as an example, you know, it's it's, mm. it's not easy going to Everton, only one side's won there all season. It's, you know, I think that this is, you know, they're still, they've still got to play City again. I, I, the, my point about this is that you, it, it is 24 games gone and 24 games gone isn't, you know, isn't the end of the world for anything. But when you've got seven stroke eight points to make up on Liverpool and you've not got that room for manoeuvre then every, and every single game and I think this is part of because this happened to us last season We were when we were sixth last season we were behind Everton we were mooching along in the table and you get a little run together and you think, yeah, well, all right, we're going to we, you know, win one more and you compete for fourth. And then the fact that you're just not quite good enough kicks in and you, you don't get the three points you should get, you get one. And I think that's what's happening to United a little bit. I think that because as soon as you get put in a situation where where, where for something like fourth, for first, it's a different kettle of fish because you're, you're looking to achieve something brilliant. But for fourth, I think, you know, as soon as you're in that situation and you're playing catch-up, and that's why it's imp- it was really important Everton didn't get out the back of Liverpool this weekend. You know, if Everton had lost and Liverpool had won, it would have been... Cause and you, you've just got no room for error. You haven't, but th- you've got more room for error now than in the the, the last the last few games when you know mm. it's, it's life and death. Because we've we've seen time and time again this season y- your opinions on how the league's going to go, how first place, fourth place, how the relegation battles. It, it's changing from week to week because everyone's beating everybody at times in the division. And I do think I do think um, the landscape of who's going for what will change two or three more times I, again. Who do you think's going to go down? Oh, I, I I can't call her. I really can't call her bottom. It, it it's it's too tight. I would have had um a few. Well, Fulham I think are, are, are my favourites. But a, a while ago you would have had Palace as set. Yeah. But the Pulis factor and the fact he's turned them around. Obviously everyone sort of made the bed now for what what they've got transfer wise, and you probably won't see any more managerial changes. So I I do think uh, the likes of Palace have steadied the ship, but aren't necessarily out, out the danger because I, I don't see them scoring half-fulls of goals. Cardiff have, have got sucked back down there, but I think the the addition of Zahar is a good one for them. Yep. Um, Sunderland, I think, are, are going to be okay now. I, I do like Poye, but it, it, it's one of about eight or nine, isn't it? So well, I think it's it three of eight or nine. Sorry. I think you know you look at the way in which they move after every single every every single game. I think that if, if Villa had seen it through against Everton at the weekend, I think that would have been very significant for them. It would have put them on thirty points, and I think they could have rested easy. But not having done that, they're still not safe. I think it's. Um, it, it feels to me like it's momentum. I think it was a big point for West Brom in the end, at the weekend, and they've not they've, they've not won the games under Mel, but they've not lost either. Really, they lost the big one against Villa, but they've, they've not gone in there. So I think looking at the momentum side of things, I think Swansea, you'd be terrified. I think if you supported Swansea, I, they, they need to they need to just go and get themselves eight points from twelve quick. So you got Swansea on one hand. I think I think Norwich are hugely vulnerable and there appears to be no joy at that football club and I think that that's a massive thing in this and I think 
Fulham if they don't start turning it around soon. Fulham have got now got a tough run. They've got um, they've got United. They play us uh, after we play Arsenal, so they've got those two games. And I think that in the same way, I think that if the top City grab themselves a bit of a gap, it'll only go one way. I think that, you know, it could well happen the other the other ends of things are full of if Fulham suddenly find themselves six points adrift, then I think that could be, you know, the end of them. Oh, totally. But it, it's again how how the new signings bed themselves in because they did do some business. They got they got yeah. a new a new forward in. They've they've rolled the dice in getting rid of Berbatov who, who maybe wasn't the type of guy you'd want in a dog fight. But this if this guy new guy comes in and starts scoring, then you you could start making arguments for them. If Holby Holby fits in and starts adding to them and for every one of them teams, even Norwich, you could you, you could argue the case for them going down and staying up. Yeah, Norwich have got players like Gary Hooper, Leroy Fair, who, who, who could good come players. to the party. Know what I mean? Really good players. But and 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 they've kept quite a few clean sheets at home lately as well. Norwich, so they, they they're not they're not terrible at the back. So it, it it's one of them where he welcome Manchester City next week though. The, the, and, 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 <laughs> I, it's, you know, I actually remember horribly on the same day we played you at Wembley, Man City going there and giving them a real thumping, and yeah. you, you you wouldn't you wouldn't look past that them, them not keeping a clean sheet that day though. No, they're not keeping a clean sheet. There. <laughs> I think it's uh, I think it's crazy stuff for them. I think it's going to be very very tough. And on the last four games after they get City out the way, the last four games are something daft like Man United, Arsenal, Liverpool, and Chelsea. So they again they need to put the points on the board now. Dave, it's been a pleasure. It's absolutely rattled by in the end. You enjoyed yourself? I have. I've missed you. Who knew that, you know what I mean, you'd end up, you'd end up with a smile on your face after that derby week? <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope it continues. Indeed, indeed. This has been All in the Game. Neil Atkinson and Dave Bennett, always with one eye on the league table, always with one eye on what the two local sides are doing. Don't go anywhere. Well, do go somewhere if you want, but see you next week. <laughs> it's All in the Game on City Talk 105.9.